You're listening to the Dealer Refresh Podcast in the Mix, where we explore the hottest topics going on right now in automotive retail and providing analysis and insights for dealers and automotive professionals. This podcast and the following message are brought to you by Drive Motors. Powering e-commerce for more than $1 billion in cars, Drive Motors builds e-commerce experiences for auto dealers. With the Drive Motors online checkout experience, car buyers can order directly from the dealership website day or night, including financing, leasing, trade-ins, vehicle upgrades, and pickup or same-day delivery. The millennial generation is substantially different from previous generations when it comes to how they shop. This is no less true for how millennials approach car shopping, and car dealerships must adapt to accommodate not only this generation of shoppers, who make up a rapidly growing portion of consumer spending, but all modern shoppers. In the following Dealer Refresh podcast with our guest, Rune Haig from Drive Motors, you will learn more about the millennial buying patterns and how an online shopping platform can help dealers engage with this demographic and all modern shoppers. The topics covered in this podcast include who millennials are and how they buy, what your dealership can do to win over millennials, and online shopping tactics you can implement today at your dealership to sell more cars online and keep gross profits up. You're here, as obviously, for the, uh, our Dealer Fresh web chat with Rune Haig. Uh, the myth of selling cars to millennials. Rune's from Drive Motors. I'm Ryan Girardi. You got Jeff up here as well. So, Rune, hello. Um, here we are. We made it. How's it going? We did. It's going pretty well, Ryan. Thanks for putting this together. Absolutely. A uh, lot of interest here I saw. Um, you know, people registering to be here. So, appreciate you folks being here. And uh, Jeff, uh, you're here as well. Welcome. Of course. Program. <laughs> Rune, tell us where you dialing in from today. I am dialing in from Dry Motors headquarters in San Francisco, California. Okay. Well, welcome, folks. Thanks for being here. Looking forward to today's conversation. You know, whether we call it online checkout, digital retailing, e-commerce, online shopping, whatever you call it, this is um, a subject that we've been hitting on for quite some time. In fact, just to give everyone a little bit of history, uh, we, so Drive Motors, which as Rune says, is based out of San Francisco, uh, CEO is Aaron Crane. And last year, I think Jeff, it was Digital Dealer 19, we, yeah. did, an, we did an interview with Aaron over the phone. And yes. there's a blog post about that that came out in August of last year. Mm-hmm. Mentioned that interview. And then I did a follow-up one earlier this year with Aaron as well. And that one you can catch on the blog as well. And you can listen to it right there. It's about a, ten, uh, it's about a 10 minute version there. So both, it's a little history there on this conversation. And all this is tied to a discussion forum that we've brought up numerous times, especially uh, in the past few months uh, that was initiated, I think back in March of 2015, uh, yeah. online shopping, it's just one of online buying. Yeah, but this one definitely keeps keeps staying in the loop. So Yeah. So I, we've got we've got threads in there that are like years old that just continue to thrive. It's 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 amazing. Yeah, so I, I imagine most people that are listening now or watching later have probably been in and out of this conversation at one point or another. So Rune, why don't I switch over? Yeah. So um, 
in the context of uh, millennials and uh, how to sell cars to millennials, I think it's important to understand what's going on right now in a broader perspective um, in the in the economy in general. So that I mean, this is this isn't exactly uh, groundbreaking news, but the point here is that it's happening to just about every consumer vertical out there. Um, it's not just books and consumer electronics anymore. Uh, we also shop for groceries and travel and furniture online. And uh, it's only going to increase uh, going forward. And um, automotive is not going to be an exception. Jeff and I were talking about that as well. Like we were kidding how, you know, even our shaving you know, our shaving supplies, most of us buy online. Now, I know I do, and I, and I don't know if you do, but obviously Jeff and I do. I do as well. We're, yeah, we were talking uh, subscription-based because, you, you know, millennials and even, you know, the crossover into, into my generation is everything. Uh, we've really adopted the whole subscription, uh, you know, way of purchasing, you know, all the way down to uh, – as, as Ryan mentioned, our, you know, Dollar Shave Club. <laughs> yeah, I use a different service, but, you know, everything, our music, TV. So getting back to, to, to Rune's point here, you know, e-commerce is, is, you know, clearly becoming a way of life. And from the, from the automotive uh, car buying specifically, I see here you say that 72% of car buyers are willing to purchase their car online. It's based off of a, 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 a study by uh, Capgemini. Yes, exactly. And, uh, you know, to Jeff's point earlier, it's, uh, th this is happening to all of us. It's, uh, it's a function of the times that we are living in. So it's not just millennials that are buying cars online uh, or are interested in, um, in buying cars and other durable and non-durable consumer goods uh, online. Uh, in fact, we see 70% of uh, all shoppers today uh, are willing to to buy their next vehicle online um, so i think that's something that dealers need to start thinking about more actively and start thinking about how uh how they can target these buyers uh and what approach will um will give the best results i do i do question you know when when you know that's a pretty big percentage in my opinion uh, I do question sometimes like what, how do they formulate the question or, or w was there any like supportive questions around uh, that particular question or how did they ask that question? What's in their head whenever they, whenever they hear I'm, I'm purchasing online, what's, what's truly in their head? Yeah. Yeah. And that's a great question, Jeff. And I think the way people think about this varies with, uh, the time and age they were brought up in. So someone who were accustomed to buying um, any product online that came up with, you know, Amazon and um, Walmart e-commerce or whatnot, uh, they, they will look to do most of the experience to the extent possible online because that, that's what they're familiar with. Um, but if you look at um, older generations, they may still want to do part of that transaction in, in person, but that doesn't mean that they don't want to um, make an informed decision um, online before, before making the full commitment. Um, mm -hmm. 
And the point I'm, I'm trying to make here is that now that all the information is available online, whether you're a millennial or not, you will gravitate towards the internet to seek that information. And you need, as a dealership, a conversion tool to pick up on that. And specifically, being able to, um, uh, to offer your customers to at least order the vehicle online, mm-hmm. um, even if they're not at the, the point yet where it makes sense to, to complete the poll, poll transaction. So let's do this, you guys, because when we talk about the idea of buying cars online, it's so natural for all of us. We, we go through this all the time. We always compare it to other, other goods that we buy. And we, we, you know, Amazon comes into the equation. You know, now Walmart's like buying TVs and, and your shaving needs. But buying a car is a wholly different thing. And, and at the end of the day, for the most part, you're not really transaction conducting the transaction. It's a, it's a, it's a unique hybrid experience that is bringing... The, the purchase online. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, these generations, it's important to note that it, it's a label that we put on people based on uh, certain characteristics, right? The years they, they were born. So uh, I, I bring that up because it's important not to get caught up in the, in the terms here. But uh, the fact of the matter is when you do any kind of marketing, you want to segment your uh, your customers in one way or another. You want to look for commonalities in, uh, in in preferences, in tastes, and in buying behavior. And that's why we have these these labels here, like you know millennials, people born after 1981, tend to have similar types of preferences, um, tend to have similar types of uh, of of uh, what's the word I'm looking for. Um, values when they make purchases and the same goes for uh, people born between 1961 and 1980 and, and generations back too so that's why we make this these distinctions first of all uh, but what we're seeing here Ryan is that basically two things first of all um, the cohort born after 1981 so the Millennials are starting to make up a larger portion of consumer spend and this generation has a very strong preference for making online purchases. Now, the, the next thing that we also see is that previous generations, as they start being, becoming more comfortable with obtaining information and trusting information online, are also starting to gravitate more towards uh, online purchases and placing orders online. You'll see not only will millennials and uh, generations after for that matter make up a larger portion of total consumer spend so more of the transactions will happen online but previous generations will also start become to become more accustomed and feel more trust about this um, these types of online purchases exactly so the person today who's in generation x uh, that that would technically be I th- my age, and I think yours yours as well, Jeff. But more of us are going to be 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 accustomed to buying things online. Uh, you know, three years from now than we are today. Yeah. More buyers are going to embrace the the preferences that millennials are are you know do embrace. I don't know. I buy everything online. I just <laughs> everything but a car. <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't know but, if there's anything that I haven't purchased uh, uh, online. Matter of fact, I just bought a, uh, a steamer. I've, I've been wanting one of those steam cleaners, uh, commercial grade. Just bought that online. Went to the website, had great videos. Uh, the guy was introducing himself. Really, actually, it was, it was a great example because he used video um, to really not just sell the product, but sell the company. It was a great why buy message. Um, you know, it was, it was, yeah, talk about experience on a website that actually persuaded me to make the purchase from this company that I had never heard of, even though I've been doing research for the last six months, I stumbled across this website. So much great information, so much great content, um, very personalized and, you know, $700 later, I'm proud owner of a steam cleaner. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. And uh, I, I, we'll, we'll touch a little bit of, on, uh, I think, what's going on subconsciously that make uh, you and others make these types of purchases and um, instill the trust necessary um, for you to, to actually hit buy for that product. Yeah, I mean, yeah. That, was big, that was a big purchase, you know? Yeah. And I can attest to the same, to this transition as well. I mean, if I skip here to your next slide for uh, 2025, you know, the number, the numbers are even greater. I was looking at my Amazon purchase history and I, I don't, I'm not a, I don't consider myself a big online buyer of, of, of goods. I just don't do it a whole lot. I have over the years, but I noticed when I was looking at my Amazon purchase history over the last six months, I, that, the rate of purchasing for me has accelerated significantly from, you know, from a year prior. So there's a lot of, you know, really just truth behind this, this graph you're showing here that more of, more of these generations are, will, will, will be embracing these buying behaviors. And is, it, is it just because you're feeling more comfortable with it, Ryan, or, or. You know? It is. I mean, I'm finding the ease and convenience of it for sure and it is familiarity which i know rune's going to touch on as well there's a familiarity aspect of it mm -hmm. what i'm real curious is rune can we can we move forward from this part absolutely. i think we've kind of stressed that point right absolutely you're listening to this abridged version of our web chat with rune haig from drive motors the myth of selling cars to millennials. To continue listening and hear our conversation around the three keys to success, how you can apply this at your dealership, text Drive Motors to 555888 and we'll send a message to your phone linking you to all the Drive Motors content available on Dealer Refresh. Okay. So let's get into your three keys to success for, you know, to, to appeasing and responding to these buying behaviors. I'll, I'll turn it back over to you here. Sure. So um, on, on a high level, there are really three things that you as a car dealer need to think about in order to, um, to market your products and ultimately sell your cars to um, not only millennials, but everyone that are now or everyone that is now embracing e-commerce uh, and those uh, those three keys are trust uh, transparency transparency and uh, as Ryan mentioned familiarity uh, so we can talk about those in a little more uh, detail uh, if you don't mind uh, moving on there okay so if you think about trust what, what is it really about well, what is necessary in order for 
you to be trustworthy as a dealer uh, marketing and selling your cars to consumers. So the first thing is what happens before the actual transaction, right? So the quality in your ads really plays a very big role. Uh, you want to advertise the possibility of actually selling uh, or the opportunity to buy something online from you, right? So we regularly advise our customers to buy quality visitors and not, not leads because uh, that's ultimately uh, what is going to facilitate a trustworthy experience. Now, the next thing, and, and this thing is, this, this point is very, very important you need to have a quality website. Uh, I mean, if you look at someone like Apple or Amazon or Best Buy or any of the big players in other consumer e-commerce verticals, they all have very easy, clean looking websites. No surprising pop-ups that you didn't ask for. They're very clean in design. The pricing is visible and transparent. Now, even if you aren't able to show discounts up front, you can click on a button that will, will display these to you. And you want to have clear calls to actions and a way to actually convert the consumers that are visiting your, your website. So um, what you want is a tool that actually lets the consumer buy those vehicles that they are now shopping around for. And lastly, what really facilitates trust is having a good um, fulfillment system set up uh, that, and that is really important um, to have speedy fulfillment, uh, not a pure CLC. So for instance, when you get a car order, don't pick up the phone and, and call the, the customer and, and, and ask them, uh, oh, so you're interested in this car, right? That, that appears like a sale from the beginning. But the customer who just ordered a vehicle in their heads, they actually bought the car. They're expecting a call that says, congratulations, when will you come and pick up your vehicle? And this has to happen uh, quickly. Again, going back to trust, if you just place an order for a relatively large purchase, you want to make sure that this is from a trustworthy source and you want to have the confidence to go through with the purchase. Calling someone up right after they entered all their personal information, telling them congratulations, asking them when they can come and pick up the vehicle instills trust. I think that's a really good point. I, I, I see what you mean. If I'm psychologically going through an online checkout experience and I, and you call back and, and treat me like I just filled out a lead, you know, that I'm looking for some information there, there's no, there's no harmony there from, from the action to the expectation. That's a really good point. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we uh, know part of that is, is done on our end as well. When you use Drive Motors online checkout and someone orders the vehicle, they get a confirmation email right away with all the details explained. Uh, but, but that being said, having that personalized um, phone call right after takes that trust to, to an even higher level. Okay. Uh, and, and, and those two things really need to work in combination for, for these orders too. So just to back up to the to point number two, quality website. If if I'm a dealer, and I want to and I want to deploy your your technology on my site, are you and and I don't meet the criteria of a quality website. I've got, you know, lots of calls to action and and irrelevant, 
you know, pop-ups and distractions. Are you going to say, Hey, you really got to clean that up if you're going to use our, our technology or is you going to say, well, go ahead and give it a whirl, but you're probably not going to get the results that you need. What we usually do is we, we try to work with um, the dealers that sign up to, to really optimize the experience. Um, because part of this is we are a software as a service company. So part of the service component is helping uh, guide dealers in the right direction when it comes to optimizing design uh, and creating that experience that ultimately instills the type of trust that consumers uh, have become accustomed to when in their other online shopping experiences. Right? So there are some do's and don'ts, but we also go in and help each dealer specifically uh, with advice on, on how they can clean that up. Okay, great. Good points. So let's, let's, uh, let's look at transparency here. Right. So transparency is another one of those uh, very popular buzzwords at the moment. Uh, but it really is a lot of truth to it because, you know, this day and age that the buyer has as much, if not more information about the product they're buying as the seller. You know, it used to be you, you were buying travel. You had to go to the, the travel agency and they would know more about the destination than you do. You bought a house, you relied fully on the, uh, on the broker, on the real estate broker, you bought a car. Uh, the dealer would usually have the information. But now you can find all of this uh, online. So it's very, very important to align the experience with transparency in mind. Right? So you want to make it very convenient for the shopper to, to go through with that. Uh, once a shopper has selected a vehicle, you want to make sure that all the information is there in the buying process, that they can add a trade-in, uh, that they can choose their payments, preferred payment method, and that you're very transparent about how much this is going to cost and the terms, et cetera, that you, that you offer. And, and one very important point that I want to make is that you want to keep that experience within your existing websites. You never want to take your consumers off to something else because all of a sudden you're not as transparent anymore. Uh, if you uh, have to rely on, or if you make the consumer at least think that, oh, I need to go to this all other, this, the different types of sources. To right, yep. Information. Okay. Right. Uh, and the last point, include the relevant details about your product that the customer actually wants to know about. Uh, and that's really about decluttering the experience and making the points uh, that, that you want to uh, come across pop out. One of the things I recall when looking uh, at the Drive Motors technology on a dealer's website is when you go to look at a vehicle, the the first thing you see, if I recall, are some of the aftermarket products, right? The warranty information, yep. the finance packages, they're presented to you right up front. You've already made in your mind a connection that I, you know, this is the direction I want to go. So you're starting off with, with setting these clear expectations of what, what else is available within this transaction, correct? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So Ryan, you were saying that if, you know, if it, it when the customer is on the dealership website and you're placing them into the shopping cart experience, um, be sure that that shopping cart experience or that plugin is part of the dealership website. Uh, you don't want to take them off into a different experience. Uh, 
you're saying because uh, you're going to lose, I guess, some of that transparency. You're going to it's going to break down some of that trust factor. Well, what it is, it's really a conversion killer because you know once a consumer has selected uh, your dealer's website mm-hmm. and decided to make the purchase there, they want to stay there. They they want to make sure that this is a transaction that's or this is an order that's actually going through you. If you mm-hmm. start creating a bunch of just distractions, uh, driving the consumers to, to different types of websites, you're basically saying that we don't have this information readily available for you. You have to go and look for this elsewhere. For instance, uh, you know, valuing your trade-in. If, you, if you're sent to KBB mm-hmm. and their website, all of a sudden you have a different experience. It's confusing and it increases drop-off rates. Okay. So you're not taking them off the website. You're using... Uh... Yep, they're right there. It's almost like a overlay. Exactly. The, the customer is staying on the website the entire time. It's basically like a cash register. They just got up to the cash register. Now they're checking out, right? So the first thing you'll see here are the upgrades. Exactly. Uh, and these are fully customizable. The dealers can select what upgrades they want to offer, how they want to price them, etc. cetera. Uh, Go ahead. Did you, did you see it? Well, sorry, Ryan. So you're you're introducing this in the very beginning, whereas typically this would be introduced towards the end. Um, what's I mean, you guys? I'm obviously you probably did some studies around that to see, uh, you know, what what type of results you're getting by doing this. Yeah, what are, what, absolutely. And we have A/B tested just about every single thing you can think about in the shopping experience here. And what we see is that when customers get to choose this ahead of time, when they're already committed to the vehicle to a certain degree because they clicked on it, mm-hmm. they will upsell themselves. They will sell themselves more. And dealers uh, that we talk to and the data that we have indicates that uh, this actually leads to hundreds of more dollars in uh, F&I profits compared to mm-hmm. what they see in the dealerships. Um, in fact, we have one of our largest customers uh, just recently told us that they were seeing an average of $700 more per vehicle. And this is simply because the, the consumer gets to upsell themselves yeah. and they get to choose these add-ons in the comfort of their own home. Aaron and I spoke on this in our last interview pretty intently. And, you know, this really speaks to the, the transparency bullet point. When you go and buy a car today and you just spent what an hour, two or three hours, not, not including all the time you spent researching, but you get to the dealership, you meet with the salesperson and, and you're finally like, okay, this is the car I'm going to get. Let's go get this car. And then you could go back to the F and I desk and they lay out, you know, a dozen different, you know, options, you're already, your mind is like, you've already checked out. And so now you feel like you're being sold to on top of what you just bought. So, um, yeah, this Jeff, as, as you see, it's like you're starting off there and, Oh, okay. I got to think about this too. And I'm not yeah. surprised that this is driving more revenue for your dealers. It is no, because yeah, not at all. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you said 700, that's, that's pretty substantial per unit. Right. And uh, the main point here is, is, as Ryan said, the customer gets to desk themselves. Mm -hmm. Now, occasionally we have dealers ask, well, 
you know, sometimes when we don't know the customers, how do we, how can we recommend the right upsells? How will the customer know what upsells them they want? I mean, so, so first of all, as I uh, alluded to earlier, there's much more information available out there. So consumers are more informed about the desired upgrades that they make. Uh, secondly, just because uh, a shopper is able to add the, the upgrades of their preference when upon placing the order, that doesn't mean that you also cannot uh, recommend a few other upgrades when they come into the dealership. Sure. Right? So it, it gives you a double opportunity to, um, uh, to increase your FNI profits. Mm -hmm. That's no different than, you know, if you're going to have a good solid process on the showroom floor that the FNI manager introduces himself early in, in the transaction, yeah. early in the shopping uh, phase while they're at the dealership. I mean, it's just, that's sales 101. Yeah. And again, it's about transparency. You want to show this upfront, be upfront about what it costs and what is available. So the customer makes the choice themselves. So in the interest of time, right up front, you've got all the, the post-purchase, you know, nor, traditionally post-purchase stuff. You go through the trade-in process. Uh, can I skip that, continue without trade-in? I want to get to the payment side of things. Now, here we have the actual financial process. Are they doing a live credit score? Is there a soft credit check? How is how's Drive Motors handling that? So based on the inputs of the uh, shopper, uh, we push all of this directly into the dealer's credit app software. Now, we actually have uh, a little bit of a product update on the way, uh, which we, we weren't going to, uh, to launch quite yet, uh, but um, we are going to offer instant financing as well. Um, currently, the way this works is that it's, um, so we get these rates from all uh, commercial and the captive lender uh, based on the geography of the dealership, right? So um, when the customer selects all this information about the trade and sorry about the payment, uh, we're sure that we make sure that we pull the penny accurate rates from uh, that geographical area. In the uh, in the interest of time, because we like to keep uh, we like sure to thing. keep these going for the audience here, we can see the technology in motion. We can see some of the the new. I think new ways of thinking about how to approach the, the, the shopping process. Can we go back to your third bullet point, which is familiarity? Cause I, we haven't spoken to that just yet. Sure. Sure. Let's go through that as well. Yeah. So uh, third point, familiar experiences. Now a familiar experience will essentially breed conversions at a much higher level. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's really the key to, um, to making the sale and the order happen because shoppers choose what is familiar to them. So mm -hmm. on a broader level, just to give you an example, uh, if my younger sister who's 20 years old shops for her first car, she's probably going to go online because she's accustomed to shopping online. Uh, whereas my dad, uh, who's now 70 years old, if he's shopping for a car, He'll still seek the information online. He might actually also place the order, but he's going to want to get some of that information from the dealership because he's accustomed to buying cars from the dealership. Now, another point uh, to make is that information from familiar sources are often perceived as much more reliable. 
right? If you see, um, if you see a familiar button or a familiar logo somewhere, you're more likely to, to actually convert and, and do that transaction. So as more people shop online for cars, seeing that green uh, button that lets them order the vehicle online and seeing and not changing too much on the description and design is going to establish uh, familiarity. Um, again, you know, you obviously want to be uh, very transparent about what the experience is about. Um, but um, the point I'm trying to make here is that if you add points that are familiar to a shopper, a shopper is more likely to convert. So, and how? What would be some of those points? I'm yeah, sorry? where is where is drive where is drive motors where is your technology uh, bringing this familiarity? Because if, if I'm new to the shop, if I once I go through the transaction, you're talking about after the transaction. No, no, no great point. Uh, I'll try to be a little more concise about that. So. First of all, a young shopper, uh, they go to a dealer's website, they look for a car they want. They are accustomed to being able to make an order for that, right? That's familiar to them. That's the familiar way of okay. placing an order for a new product. So when they see that buy now button, that instills a sense of- Okay, great. That's a great example because you get a lot of, especially old, I, I don't wanna say older, but more traditional, car guys and they the way they train is you know let's get the guy in the showroom get him on the phone use text use email use the phone and get him into the showroom and what you're saying is hey today's buyer which is which is i guess symbolized by the millennial buyer doesn't necessarily want to be forced to go into the store to to go through this they're, they're familiar with the whole idea of buying now and being in the driver's seat that's the familiarity piece exactly but that doesn't mean you can neglect the showroom because right. there are still buyers out there that, that are accustomed sure. to having part of that experience. Yeah, you're not saying so, abandon your showroom and turn into Carvana or something. Well, no, no, absolutely. You should absolutely not do that. Um, you you want to be able to offer an omni-channel experience, uh, but you still have to have these touch points in places where consumers are familiar with uh, having a shopping experience. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, okay. Well articulated, Rune. I like how you laid it out. These are the keys. We understand. I th I'm going to wrap all this up so we can start winding the things down here. Um, we, we, there's no argument that consumer buying patterns and behaviors are evolving and they're evolving in the way that you had stated earlier towards purchasing online. And, you know, previous generations are embracing that. And I even brought up there's generation Z, which is going to be buying cars soon. <laughs> they're right. They're right around the corner. You know, millennials are right now, you know, about 30, what the old, the, the oldest millennials are in their late thirties, right? Correct. Yeah. So, um, you're, you're the Gen Z and I did a, I don't know if I, I might've shared this with you. I did a, an article that, that, uh, contrasted the, the buying the difference in buying behavior between Gen Z and Millennials and what it pointed out is Millennials became more adapt to just buying online from their phone from their laptop you know on their couch wherever they are Gen Z what they're showing is they're using the shopping tools while they're there in the physical in the, the physical facility 
So it would, what it would suggest is that you need tools like this, like drive motors so that people, while they're right there in your showroom can, can facilitate, you know, the, the, the transaction experience in, in real time while they're there. And to your point, an, an online shopping cart like drive motors doesn't, isn't meant to replace the showroom experience in any way. It's just meant to give, give buyers that familiarity they're used to. It, it enhances it. Mm-hmm. And it does. It does absolutely, and and that's uh, that's it something that, okay. yeah, 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 absolutely. And uh, we do also offer showroom experiences as well. To that point of familiarity, you know, if you shop for a car online, uh, you place an order, or perhaps you embed and, and you wanted to go into the the dealership, you still want that experience. Uh, Great. Yourself. Great. So, folks, we have a form. Uh, we have a thread on the forums. The Myth of Selling Cars. We'll be linking to it from the blog post that's going to come out. Um, and we'll be linking to the recordings of this and get our podcast out around it. Uh, Jeff, any final words before I wrap this up? Um, no, I, I, I appreciate having you everyone to, to join us here with this. And again, it's an ongoing conversation, ongoing topic. Um, and it's going to continue to evolve. Uh, I, I it wasn't just a year ago that, you know, one of these threads were started in the forums and, and I've seen some of our community members actually go from, this is not a good idea to almost hating the whole idea behind online buy, uh, to coming around and going, you know, this is something that we need to have. So it's, uh, you know, it just continues to evolve for sure. Uh, I've always big. I've always been a big proponent of it. Uh, it's again. It's about the experience. It enhances uh, the consumer's experience online and offline. Uh, I think anytime you can get a customer to start doing business with you, to take step one, two, maybe they don't take take step three and four. Uh, you know, within that online shopping uh, environment, but they've taken some steps. You know, so when they do come into the dealership. Uh, they're that much further along. Uh, maybe they come back to the dealership website and, you know, next thing that they need to do is praise the vehicle uh, because now they have a trade in. Well, we can pick up where we left off. Again, that just makes for a great experience. It and does. It's, it's just a win-win situation. I, I, you know, I think every dealership should definitely have some type of uh uh, shopping cart uh, or buy online process. As a dealership in today's day and age, you need a conversion tool no matter what. Uh, and even if customers abandon, you still get a lead into your CRM that converts at a much higher rate than any other type of lead you will be able to obtain online. So we've seen uh, stats that, that support that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, guys, let's call this a wrap. Uh, excellent points, Rune. Thanks for taking the time to put all this together with us. And, and it's great having you here and appreciate yes, the conversation. Thanks. It's great having Drive Motors uh, you know, visible on, on Dealer Refresh as well. So, folks, we're going to go and call it a day. Have a great day, everyone. Rune, Jeff, thanks. And uh, Thank we'll, we'll follow up after this. Talk soon. Thanks for tuning in to the Dealer Refresh podcast in the mix, where we explore the hottest topics going on right now in automotive retail, providing analysis and insights for dealers and automotive professionals. This podcast and the following message are brought to you by Drive Motors. 
powering e-commerce for more than $1 billion in cars, Drive Motors builds e-commerce experiences for auto dealers. With the Drive Motors online checkout experience, car buyers can order directly from the dealership website, day or night, including financing, leasing, trade-ins, vehicle upgrades, and pickup or same-day delivery. To learn more, text 555-888 to Drive Motors or visit dealerrefresh.com slash drive motors.